Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today's date is August 9th, 2021. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today with Steve. Greetings. So in the past week, have you uh, encountered anything new or interesting? Yeah, uh, the good thing about the time off and the laps that we took with that season break, man, I, over the summer, uh, just there's so much stuff out there coming out, so much good music. Um, I had mentioned, you know, Kanye dropping the new album, you know, uh, J. Cole's new album. I talked about Iron Maiden's new stuff, but um, I am a connoisseur for extreme metal of earlier remnants from like the 80s and the 90s of the traditional death metal and black metal. No way. <laughs> wouldn't believe it. Who would have thought? I wouldn't have either. Um, but Dark Throne, one of my favorite black metal bands who's kind of always been on this cusp of like, you know, traditional death metal with their earliest work, um, have released a couple albums as of recent. Most recently, a few months ago, they dropped an album called Eternal Hails um, this year. And it's a five you know song album running 42 minutes. It's typical Dark Throne of what their newer stuff is becoming more of like an immortal uh, crustier black metal death metal hybrid format they're not like a traditional black metal band anymore in the yeah. sense um well the stuff's good like i i'm always about i consider like metal like songs and bands like this are like comfort food for me basically <laughs> like you can eat mashed potatoes yeah potatoes in any kind really like hash browns french fries like i don't discriminate on potatoes exactly so when i get something like this it's just you know it's nice to listen to exactly you know? like i'll branch out to new bands from time to time but when i hear a band that i'm already a huge fan of coming out with a new album i'm listening <laughs> you're damn right fucking listening so yeah eternal hails by dark throne definitely check it out nice um so in the break between seasons or maybe at the very end of last season uh gozira released a new album uh magma and i started diving into their back catalog and i found the album from mars to Sirius. um <clears throat> what drug me to that album was the fact they had a song called the heaviest matter in the universe and as we all know the heaviest thing in the universe is the breakdown and domination Oh, yeah. So that's a ballsy statement. I don't think it holds up to domination by any means. But I don't think anything ever will, to be honest with you. Dude, it was funny because I remember back, what was it, last season, season before, I had Justin Longshore from Through the Eyes of the Dead on the show. And um, he was telling me they were thinking about covering her Pantera song. And uh, I like jokingly said domination. Mm. And he like kind of like brushed it off. And I think he realized. Or maybe I realized, and he already knew, it was just something that I had to catch on to. You're not going to cover Domination. You can't. Like, you can't even be through the eyes of the dead and cover Domination. There's not a single band out there that could cover that song and do it justice. No. At all. Absolutely not. I don't even think fucking Phil Anselmo and any of the pro 10 projects he does could cover Domination. Ironically enough, there is rumor circulating of a Pantera <clears throat> formation, almost tribute style with Phil 
and Rex. Uh, and Rex. Um, yeah. It, it just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. That's like, um, honestly, if like the greatest sports athlete ever lost his like legs, it'd be yeah. nice to see him out there, but he's not going to fucking perform. Well, because I mean, like, it, you can't, you just can't like dime and you're Vinny, missing half of the band. But even that, it's more than half of the band. It's like that entire band only is functioned because of every member in there. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, like obviously like Rex Brown playing bass, he holds down the groove, but the ultimate groove in that band wasn't from Rex and Vinny. It was from Vinny and Dime. Yes. And Rex was just like there. Yes. And I don't know. I saw something about that. Then I heard like Zach Wilde would play guitar and blah, blah, blah. But I would go I see it. It would be Fucking cool. Why not? I just like, it's like, it's like anytime you see a cover band, like an opportunity to hear yeah. those tunes in a live setting, as opposed to just a, you know, a fucking CD digital play of it in yeah. a bar. You know what I mean? Um, but this was interesting because we were talking about Gojira. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're stressed out about this Pantera reunion <laughs> reformation thing going on. So Gojira. If, yeah. So back to Gojira for a second. <laughs> Poor fucking band. Can't even get its own spotlight. Um, I've I've been a fan of this band for a little while. Their last album, the one before it, I really, really enjoyed. Um, for those of you that don't know, I believe they are from France. Yeah, they're 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 French. Um eco metal, earth metal. Yeah. It's all about saving the environment, yeah. save the whales, um, you know, uh justice for humans and all this other shit and a lot of humanitarian work going yeah. on there. And you know, like I can, I can dig it. You know, everyone's got their little niche. Everyone's got their thing they do. I, I can't bash them for it. I, I like I said, I enjoy their music. I, I do like them as a band. And um, yeah, goes here. New and interesting. <laughs> new and interesting. <laughs> Not really new, but definitely interesting. Definitely interesting. Always <laughs> interesting. On this day in music history. On this day in music history. August 9th, 1967. At England's National Jazz and Blues Festival in Sunbury, Jerry Lee Lewis is kicked off the stage after the overenthusiastic crowd responds to his set with a near riot. I love hearing stuff like that because, you know, you think about how tame Jerry Lee Lewis would be considered in today's day and age. You know what I mean? I love hearing stuff like that because, like, we only get it in hindsight of being able to see what a musician was back in the day and what they are considered on today's standards of fucking, and this know, is like offensive. towards like the tail end of his I career know, too, dude. But I, I, I'm a fan of Jerry Lee Lewis. I like his stuff, but it's hilarious. Oh, I, I love when I read shit like this. It's so funny. <laughs> 1986 at the uh, Nebworth Park Festival in England, Queen play their last concert with Freddie Mercury, who dies five years later. An audience of 120,000 hears them close out with "We Will Rock You" slash you know "We Are the Champions" and "God Save the Queen." Um. Yeah, man, I think Queen, see, the thing with Queen is with me that's tough, and I always harp on this, they're so good, but they're such a greatest hits band. Yes. Like, all of their albums, and I don't think anybody, and it's the same thing with the Eagles when we talked about it last week, Um, like, Queen 1 and Queen 2, you know, those albums, the different colored gray and blue ones yeah. with that symbol on it, Um, those are typically the albums you'll see in, like, anybody's house, because nobody I know who's even a Queen fan could tell you like track by track on their studio no. albums. 
But that's the thing. Queen was that fucking good that they're overshadowed in the ability to put out studio albums and they were just such a fucking greatest hits band, but they released so many greatest hits. Yeah. So many songs. Just never put a full album together. Like A Night at the Opera is great. Yeah, Night at the Opera. But most people are listening to that for Bohemian Rhapsody and, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of, like, fluent flow to the albums that they release. Yeah. Jazz is good, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But even so... um, that was definitely a band that, due to circumstances, was cut way too short. Because I think Queen could have been huge. Oh yeah, like going like even bigger than they were if they just kept going. Because Freddie just had those pipes, and Brian May, yep. phenomenal guitarist, man. They could have done so much. They could have broken into like the U two realm, hundred percent. I probably wouldn't mind it if Freddie Mercury was force feeding songs on my iPhone. No, nah, I wouldn't. No, nah, if I, I woke up, mind. I'd be pissed because I'd be like, you know what, you fucking conform. But I would listen to it. I did nothing. Why do you have to bring this up now? Now I got to think about this. Oh, I got to drive home. Think about that album. I could not delete from my fucking phone from my perfectly structured library. It's like the running library. thread on this show. Oh, my God. It's dude. always been the running thread. I hate thread. that, dude. That's so funny. It's Christ. <laughs> um, 1995, Jerry Garcia, the Grateful Dead, dies of a heart attack at age 53. His voice fills the airwaves as millions of deadheads yeah, this was a crazy story because he was actually, uh, I believe, in a treatment facility when this happened. Well, contrary to power belief, he was not feeling fine. Absolutely not. Or um, he, he wasn't all right. I always thought it's hilarious, though, because, um, you know, I got friends, um, you know, who dabble in the heroin. You know, yeah. Um, know a few. <laughs> and uh, Jerry Garcia, you know, the whole scene of the Deadhead, you know, era was like, that was just like the hippies. They just smoked weed, took their hallucinogens, but like Jerry was like a hardcore fucking drug addict. Yeah. A lot of them were in that band and there was, there was constant hiatus and constant struggles. But it, it's sad because if you read the story on his death, like he was actually trying to get help. He was in a rehabilitation facility at the time when he had this heart attack. And I think he actually died in the treatment center, I believe. That sucks. Like, well, I mean, they got him out of there at the hospital, but he was like dead by the time he got there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Grateful Dead, that's another, like, either love him or hate him. Or, yeah, like, I, I, I never saw it. I can dig the dead. Like, I can listen to them. But, I like, the, the way people like them. Yeah. Like, the same thing with fish, dude. Ugh, I, can't fucking, I can't do fish at all. But, nah, dead's great. Jerry Garcia, 95. Rest in peace. Going forward now to literally the same year. Same day. Same day? Same day. Is it the same day? Yeah. It has to be the same day, right? Yeah. Because it's on this day. Exactly. Duh. That was stupid. (laughs) Who would have thought? Interesting. And new. (laughs) 1995, same day. The original members of KISS played together for the first time since 1980 when Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely joined current band to record their MTV Unplugged special, which is later released as an album, KISS Unplugged, obviously. Not counting Ace Frehley's 1976 wedding, it also made the only time the original members have performed without makeup. You know, it's funny because we always mention, you know, the unplugged and stuff. And I, I never even thought about Kiss Unplugged. Because it's not, you can't put that in the comparison of the unplugs that we bring up. No. Think about and it. R.E.M. has a fucking great Unplugged. I'd never bring that up. Mm-hmm. Well, Kiss, dude, I don't know. I've never felt Kiss to be like an amazing band. I never felt them to be like... They're like the Beatles of hard rock. They pretty were much, just, yeah. Yeah. They're just like a disposable type band. But they were trailblazers to an extent on certain genre ability. Who would have thought that would have been the fucking main influence for black metal fucking you know, <laughs> look? Who would have thought? Yeah, how did I, I needed to like do some research into that because there's no way that that's the correlation in the black metal. 
I don't get that. Like, you had fucking Venom release that album. And then what did some band say? Like, yo, let's release music a little bit darker. But Kiss is doing something over there. Yeah. Maybe we can take that, too. Well, I mean, I honestly think with the whole Kiss thing, it was the whole, um, like, the stigma around them. Like, the Knights in Satan service type shit. True. And all that other bullshit. That's probably what it was. True. Yeah, like, these and guys. And in are, all reality, Kiss wasn't even the heaviest shit America had to offer at the point in time. We know what the heaviest shit was. Yeah. We already talked about. <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> we challenge you to cover domination by pantera and send us a clip if you can cover domination by pantera i'll give you a full-blown half a season we'll, we'll just talk about you 100 percent. if you can make a cover of pantera's domination and wow us blows our fucking minds blows our fucking minds i'll i'll personally fly you out here and we'll talk, we'll like give you a shout out on every show and we'll give you a 0.002% ownership of our company. <laughs> it ain't happening. It ain't happening. No one can do it. Hit us up on our social media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving forward here to 2005, Nickelback released Photograph, the first single from their album, All the Right Reasons. Inspired by a drunken snapshot, the song is about Chad Kroger's memories of growing up in a small town in Alberta, Canada. Look at this photograph. You know, it's funny. I remember Vine. You remember Vine? Of course. The funniest Vine I'd ever seen at that point in time was like, it was just, look at this graph. <laughs> so that was what I was going to bring up too, because this song and that image of the music video, it's just interesting like how things evolve in the meme culture mm-hmm. and how he basically, that's like famous for its own reason now. Yeah. As opposed to like probably 60% of the population has no idea what the fuck is that from. You know what I mean? Um, but it's interesting because I was, I was somewhere the other day and uh, we're listening to this shuffle on uh, an Amazon thing. I'm trying not to give credit to where credit's not due. But this Amazon thing was playing music, and um, that song came on. Uh, what's it? What's the name of the song? Which one? Oh, uh, what's it actually called though? This is how you remind. This me. Is, how, is that really what it's called? Yeah. I thought it was like a different title. But that no. song came on, and I was like listening to it for a moment because like there was other shit playing. Like Red Hot Chili Peppers was coming on, Nirvana was coming on. It was just like a '90s station, I guess. Yeah. And um, that song came on randomly. And I was sitting there having my coffee and like, I wanted to change it, but I'm like, no, let me give this a fucking chance. And it is interesting because that was a huge song in like my childhood. Yeah. And I was like sitting there listening to it and I'm like, it's really bad, but it's like, catchy. I can fucking dig it. Like, I also think too, from musician standpoints, like when you write a song of like such caliber. Ca- yeah. Yeah. Like anybody would have been proud of that, you know? Oh dude, are you kidding? Like this song photograph. If someone had the ability to write that song and to become what it became, who gives a fuck if you become like the most hated band in the world? Yeah. Well, that that's that's always been my thing with Nickelback, dude. I mean, it's been said since the very beginning of the show that I'll that I'll stand behind, I'll go for bat, I'll go to bat for Nickelback. They really don't deserve as much hate as they as they receive. It's not their fault. They're good at writing hits. I mean, yeah. it's not their fault. They're good at writing really fucking catchy songs. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I'm not going to go out and fucking buy their albums. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to even put a fucking copy on my digital download. But they're on there. They made a shitload of fucking money. Yep. Gotta respect that. Exactly. Especially this song, man, because it's just, you know. Bro, they fucking sell out shit when they play. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Like, it's so funny, though. For a band that's so universally hated, they still sell out arenas. 100%. I would love to know, like, what percent of the fan base is there just to, like... Be ironic? Yeah, not even ironic, but even, like, talk shit on this band regularly. But they're, like, (laughs) in a cloak, like... You yeah, know what I mean, like going to some swingers to bar know. or something. Yeah, like going to see Nickelback, like telling his wife, like I'm going to go out with the boys. We're going to go watch the Eagles game, and just going to a Nickelback concert by himself. <laughs> Dude, she thinks she's cheating. Bottle. Yeah, she thinks she's cheating on him. She finds like yeah. pictures of him by himself at the Nickelback concert. It's probably even worse for a marriage, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, serious issues. Uh, jumping three years forward in 2008, in an interview, the Calgary Herald. Full House actor David Collier claims that he is the subject of his ex-girlfriend Alanis Morissette's hit 1995 song, You Wanna Know. <laughs> Morissette won't confirm or deny the mystery man's identity, but tells Entertainment Weekly 55 people can take credit for that song. And I'm always curious about why they're doing it, but Dave is the most public about it. Will she go down you in <laughs> A theater. <laughs> Are you thinking of me when you fuck her? Is she preferring it? Like All right, so I, I think babies? Jagged Little Pill is a fucking great album. Yeah. I think that whole Woodstock performance where you had Alanis Morissette blended in there with like DMX, Limp Biscuit, yeah. Rage, Metallica. Like, I mean, it's just such, like, that was the popularity of female artists i think was this era of female artists was like the turning point before it became commercialized sex appeal basically yeah like they and actually she didn't had, give a fuck either she didn't but you know what the funny thing is alana's morissette wasn't really like that like that was almost like a persona for her for her music ability because she mm-hmm. was actually a very well spoken like she's been on several interviews i see like very put together wasn't like how she was perceived in her music yeah but jagged little pill I, I honestly, I've heard the stories multiple times about this. I think it's funny that I never saw that quote. 55 people can take credit. I mean, that's kind of like. That's kind of horrid. What are you trying to say there? But then I also look at where we stand today with music from female artists. And this was as tame let's, as it could have came. Let's, let's make a stance here on this season. Yes. Let's not talk about how bad female music is nowadays. Or not female music, but you know what I mean. Like to the likes of like Cardi B. Which or, is not even give him recognition. Yeah, not even give him recognition. Because okay. I feel like every time we do it, it's like um it's like Freddy Krueger. Like if you keep saying his name, like yeah, it gives he gives him power. Stronger. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like that's kind of what it is. Like if we say like Megan the Stallion and Cardi B. Honestly, though, this was for relevance purposes, because I need people to be brought back to know. Because actually, <laughs> my recommendation for this evening is going to be a female-led band. Okay. So I just think in context, at this moment, it's okay. But yeah, I agree with you. You know? We need to keep Freddie. Like, the, give it the Freddie treatment. Give it the Freddie treatment. That's the new the Freddie treatment. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess that concludes our On This Day in Music History. Yes. Now, do you want to segue us into this yeah i was gonna say because that song you ought to know right so going to the idea of albums greatest hits Mm -hmm. what i usually do in this sense because it's great now with the way we have streaming networks like uh spotify and i use apple music personally but just that ability to you know you're listening to an album you like three songs on it creating a playlist you know all the beautiful streaming platforms that house our show yes Respect to all of them. Um, (laughs) But I love the idea of creating a playlist. Now, the thing about it is, I think the art of the playlist is an underrated tactic. 
Yes. I think, you know, obviously everybody does it to a point where it's like, you know, I'm getting in the shower, making this playlist. You know, I just got fucking dumped making this playlist. You know, I just, mm-hmm. you know, lost my puppy making a playlist. You know, like driving. And we'll get down to the driving run because I think what we'll do to end this is make a playlist for our fans. We'll have kind of like a draft order and who, how we pick. But um, I, I got a pretty decent. Yeah, I'd like to just hear, though, like your idea of a playlist before we get into this. Well, before we start talking about the playlist, let's talk about its uh, humble origins. Well, it's going to go dated back further than what we'll discuss, but we'll talk yeah. about <laughs> our time with the playlist. In the day, in the days of yesteryear, in uh, tape trading and burning CDs and recording shit off of the radio. Pause for one second, just because you said burning CDs. I saw a meme uh-huh. that said, I asked my 12-year-old nephew if he knew what burning CDs was. And he said, it's when you light a CD on fire. And today was the day I realized I'm fucking old. <laughs> so I was like, nah, that's bullshit. Like these kids fucking, dude, I hit my 16-year-old nephew up yeah, and my 12-year-old nephew up. The first one immediately, because he's just humble about it, immediately said, no idea what that means. He's 16. Like, that's a 13-year age gap. We're already, we're at that point. That's Not even knowing the concept. My 12-year-old nephew, and I shit you not, literally said what the fucking meme said. He said, I know what it is, because he was like a little cocky about it. So my sister asked him, like, what does it mean? It means lighting a CD on fire. Like, that's literally what the meme said. So now I was like upset that like I, these kids have to know now. Yeah. So now here we are. Sorry to pause you on that, but the world. No, it, I mean, yeah, it's just so funny. I mean, because I never thought that we'd be old. No. Like, I was like, oh, fuck this. I listen to our like parents talk about like, I remember when I had to get my eight track. And- well, like, I feel like at least for me and you, we have like a music taste that won't ever seem like we're old to like it you know what i mean yeah it's not like our favorite band is kiss yeah like not for nothing at yeah right (laughs) at no fucking point ever is like death or cannibal corpse going to be considered like classic rock or easy listening even like the 90s wave that's getting put onto like 1029 and shit like when you're doing nirvana and stuff oh my god I'm worried that that'll get blended into that sense. I heard Bush on fucking 1029 the other day. Which is crazy. Yeah. Was it Glycerine? Yeah, actually it was. Yeah, usually. Because <laughs> Nicole's like, what? She's like, oh, what's this song called? I was like, Glycerine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, like burning oh, no, CDs. No. Like, I, like, dude, I remember like like back when I first met the, the previous co-host that used to be on this show. Mm-hmm. Um... He immediately burned me a greatest hits of Nirvana. Yeah. Like, just pulled everything. I mean, granted, there was like a lot of shit that I really didn't want to hear. Of course. But, like, nowadays it would be like, all right, well, you know what? I'll make a playlist on YouTube and I'll send it to you. Yeah. I'll text it to you. It's great. Or, hey, go on to my Spotify. It's fucking great. I made a Nirvana playlist. I am absolutely for it because of that opportunity expo- exposure. Because you remember when I had the Blazer? Mm-hmm. I used to make like the punk mixes all the time. So oh, my God. Have, like, you the had the giant book. Send- oh, yeah, dude. And I'd always like burn complete albums because I became an album person later on yeah. in high school. But I always had mixes. Mm-hmm. Always. And like the art of a playlist, it's so weird. Like you'll even see it with the songs that I picked for our playlist. Like, depending on what I'm doing, I almost have to order every playlist almost like it's going to run as a set list for a show 
But I also have to bear in mind that it's probably going to be 15 different bands. So I also have to like almost get it in like thematic sense where it's like, a f- <laughs> dude, I'm like very OCD with like the playlist app. However, I do have a playlist currently. And this is, again, what's great about the streaming things. You can just like say, you know, hey, Siri, like add this to my whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'll do that from time to time. Like I'll listen to some things on shuffle. I'll just like put a certain band on and a song will come up that I haven't heard in a while. And I'll just like, all right, add that to a playlist. Yep. And I literally have a playlist on my phone now that probably has 212 songs that I just keep adding to. And what I do is, is sometimes when I'm driving or I'm at home, I'll just press shuffle on it. And it's like an opportunity to just hear all these songs. And that's what's great about That's playlists. what I do on my Spotify. Think about it. Because what could you do? Like 80 megabyte CDs, you could fit, what, 60 minutes? Yeah. I think 60 minutes was like max on Well, that's CDs. if you had it as MP3 files. But if you saved it as like a data file, you could fit like 100. Of course. Or if you were listening to punk bands that were like minute long songs, then you yeah. could fit a good solid 20, You could fit fucking there. like 20 bands of discographies <laughs> on a fucking <laughs> yeah, CD. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, that was always the best. Like, Because our former co-host used to be like, yo, I can get you... Uh, Doolittle and Surfer Rose on like one CD and I'd be like that's fucking great because like we knew the runtime was like specific where this could fit literally yeah. perfect um, with seconds to spare seconds to spare you know or like you had to cut one song off and be like but here's the one song if you ever want to listen to it it's yeah. close enough you know um, but then it was a love language too man like yeah. girls that I met like that was a big thing for me like you didn't have the opportunity to share songs like you do now. Copy and pasting a YouTube clip, mm-hmm. you know, direct sending from Apple Music, Spotify, or sending a link of any sort. You yeah. know, now you had to like just like burn a CD and like here, listen to this. What's some of the cringiest shit you ever put on a playlist for a chick or a fucking uh, burn CD? <sighs> the cringiest shit. Yeah. Like, like, oh, like I probably probably Britney Spears. Really? Yeah. What song? Toxic. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just did Spice Girls for a while early on. Because uh, you have to understand, when I was younger trying to get in relationships, I had to base everything off my sister, what she listened to. Oh, okay. So, like, I yeah. would go through her downloads, and she was huge into the Spice Girls, huge into Britney Spears. She was also huge into Eminem. But, okay. like, this is where I'm sending it to a girl. Yeah, well, you know that, I mean? that's old Eminem. Yeah. Like, it all Yeah, it, it was all Marshall depends. Mathers, some shady, you know. Yeah, like, what image were you trying to portray? Exactly. Like, hey, really if, like... You, if you wind up dating me... <laughs> I'm probably going to kill you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, couldn't send her Stan and just like yeah. basically about a or guy Kim. killing his fucking girlfriend and throwing her in the trunk. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Spice Girls and Britney Spears, I think because I didn't know shit. Yeah. They didn't know shit. I was like, this girl's like this. I'm going to send this to him. And I was young, so. I remember I used to send like stupid shit, like fucking like Everlong Acoustic. Be like, listen. Oh. Like if you want to like. All right, so you like okay. this is how I really feel. That's a very tooly move. Yeah, yeah, that, I wouldn't put that on cringe. That's like you trying to. Yeah, I, like yeah, you're the guy at the bar, like yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like <laughs> that, that is like the tallest move. Ever. Or like like just like just stupid shit. Like I remember like putting just dumb fucking songs on CDs because like at certain points like you're trying to be cool. Like um, I'm like I'm trying to think like I put like Slaughter's Fly to the Angels. And it's just like, well, because, you know, you never heard of Slaughter before. So two of mine for cringy, dumb, just for random playlists. Yeah. Big Balls by ACDC. <laughs> and I Want to Fuck a Dog by Blink-182. That's funny. Do you remember that song? Yeah. I want to fuck a dog. <laughs> like, dude, I, because like that was the thing, like early on. You know, you, you just like trying to be edgy and just, like send shit to your friends. Like, you have to listen to this dude. Yeah. It's so fucking cool and badass and like not mainstream. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Murray used to do that shit with a lot of Bloodhound Gang songs. Oh, yeah, Bloodhound Gang was huge, dude. That was a huge one. Yeah, but, like, probably the cringiest shit I've ever sent to a chick was fucking Everlong Acoustic. Everlong Acoustic. Yeah, like, the version that was in, like, Little Nicky. Oh, I know the version. Goddamn. It's pretty bad. That used to be my fucking go-to for a long time. Yeah, I did the If You Want to Be My Lover. If You Want to Be My Lover. Yeah. Just a mat, like, like, cause I'm thinking back when I started making my own playlist and like the way I got serious about it. I'm just thinking yeah. back, like, when I first downloaded LimeWire and then you'd have to drag everything over to your like Windows files and then put in the CD. Yeah. And I just remember just like dragging and dropping with no fucking care in the world. Totally <laughs> reckless. Had no idea what I was doing in the gravity of a fucking playlist. You had no idea the amount of fucking firepower you were playing. It you got were fucking so with. disturbing later on with the iPods when the 160 gig colored iPods came out. Cause then I had to have album covers for everything. Yeah. I had to like come up with like album art. If I had some random playlist just for it to coincide, <laughs> dude, it was fucking nuts, man. And yeah. that was the thing though, because that was the start of like where you could just like hold on to that fucking song with the center button, send it to a playlist. Yep. And that was so fucking cool to me because you figured otherwise all you were doing was scrolling through your, you know, your iPod, and you would find like Lil Wayne's name six different times because it's like Lil Wayne dot, you know, JPEG. MP3. Like MP3. Yeah, it'd be like all Lil Wayne featuring Lil Wayne F this guy, Lil Wayne feet, feet this guy, you know, and yep. like nobody just condensed it. So you had to scroll through people's iPods to that point. And like I got so serious about it that I made sure everyone had a single artist name. I made sure albums were in direct order by like editing. So the playlist options were so great because sometimes like I want to listen to one song off this album yeah. and it's over and the next and I'm like, I don't want to listen. I got to go back and do this. So like the playlist thing for me was just like, you know, you're going from CDs to iPods. That was so fucking cool, man. Cause now you're holding 30,000 songs in your fucking pocket. And yeah. I felt like, dude, unbelievable. I, I mean, honestly, I never really did like the, well, that's a lie. I did do the, you know, like mixtapes and shit and like the CDs, but every time I'd be in a car, I'd be in the car with like my dad or some shit. So I can't even play it. Yeah. So I'd have to like dumb it down, if you will. Yeah. You know, like a lot of like Rob Zombie. I've done that too with like my stepmom. I burned classic rock, like stuff I liked, but just you ain't going to be hearing Evil Dead by death. Exactly. Like I'm sitting there and like event, like occasionally I would like throw in like a fucking zinger or two. Like, you know, like at that point in time, like when my dad was like super into fucking Rob Zombie and White Zombie, like, hey, dad, if you like White Zombie and Rob Zombie, I found this band Death. Try to ease There's this song. Oh, you went from White Zombie to Death? You should have gone Sepultura first. You got to find that bridge band. Dude, I was like, well, at that point in time, like I was like dick hard about Death. I was like, Jesus uh, Christ. I was like, dad, just hear it out. Band called Death. Song called Symbolic. Really fucking good. I think you might like it. He'll go. Nope. He was not a fan of that. That that went over a lot better than the time I put Death Walking Terror by Cannibal Corpse yeah, on a fucking bad. playlist. Because, yeah, like, dude, there would be times like I'm sitting there, like, I test my luck. But, like, all right. You know, like, Java Cowboy was pretty big, and, like, that Doom EP came out, and I was like, all right. I'll throw in Knee Deep. I'll see what he thinks. And he's like, <laughs> no. He wasn't about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta find like that middle ground of like Demolition Hammer or Sepultura, yeah. <laughs> like where it's kind of clean but like, a little more catchy. For some reason, he was less okay with Pantera than he was with Death. Yeah, that's wild. Like I, like I remember I got Cowboys from Hell. That's weird. Like it was like one of the first CDs I bought, and I put it on the truck. Like, this fucking, this is garbage. 
And I'm like, Dad, this I remember is Pantera. days too. Speaking of Pantera, I remember we used to sit in the back of Groove Crown and the Blazer. Yeah, blasting my CD. Stir book. it up. Stir. It. Oh, that's what a, a Groove Grounds. Ground. Groove Grounds in Collingswood. It's another <laughs> fucking joint. All these fucking coffee shops, dude. But yeah, stir it up, man. Good times. Yeah. So, thought what we'll do is we'll rock paper scissors shoot. Okay. See who goes first. We're gonna make a ten song playlist back and forth. Okay. So whoever wins goes first, blah, 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 back and forth, back and forth. Make a 10-song playlist. Okay. And then we'll share it with our listeners and let them judge and judge harshly. All right. Ready? Best out of one. Just one, one and done. Okay. Damn. <laughs> Did All the right. paper. Number one. Bill wins, by the way. <laughs> he threw, you can't see that because there are technical issues. Yeah. But. Of course. Bill threw paper over my sad rock. <laughs> Um, number one is Romeo Delight. That's a good, like... My favorite. You fucking start up the car. My favorite Van Halen song. And, like, you put the car in fucking drive and, like, you're going. It's like, it's like the beginning scene to a movie. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I, I was stuck because that that was the way I was, I was thinking about this playlist is my number one song because there's two number ones. Or, I mean, obviously, there's Romeo Delight and that. That's it. But the second number one would have been Walk With Me in Hell from Lamb of God. That's a good opener, too. Because, like, I am like I always think of, uh, I think it's Philadelphia or one of the other documentaries that they did. And it's, like, them, like, in the bus driving down the fucking road. And it's, like... I think that's the Philadelphia live DVD. No, because Philadelphia came out before For Sacrament. Sacrament. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it was all ashes and. Yeah, um, it was after it was after Philadelphia. I forget. No, it was the um, the making of Sacrament video. Okay. The Sacrament, uh, the making of Sacrament uh, documentary. I always thought like that instrumental in the beginning of Walking Me in Hell is like the like ultimate fucking like opening. It that is a great, or laid to rest. It is a great laid to rest. Even Omerta. Dude, Omerta has it just... Well, Omerta's got a special spot in a playlist. Okay. <laughs> so my opener, because I thought the same exact thing, the sound that you want when you're getting your car on and you're just getting started, and I picked Black Sunshine by White Zombie. Nice. L- the wheels of his Mustang exploding <laughs> on a highway like a slug from a 45. True death. <laughs> Maximum horsepower. Like, dude, it's just... Because then it's like... That bass line, yep. the build-up. I think Black Sunshine... There was two songs at this option because I like that intro of that like slow build up. And then it like, I also, the reason why I'm putting this in perspective too is like my drive on the turnpike. So to get here, I drive a hundred miles. It's a fucking daunting drive. Yeah. It's just dead straight. It's boring as fuck. You disassociate behind the wheel. All dude, I like looked up at the sky just to get my eyes off the road. And it was just like a perfect sky today. And it just, dude, it like almost like lost focus of what the fuck I was doing because my eyes were just so dead to like what was going on because I was just driving for a hundred miles straight. Yeah. But Black Sunshine, I think that is definitely, definitely my opening track. My number two track is Twilight of the Thunder God from Mata Marth. It's just like one of those things like, like there's such like an anthemic and like epic type band that like you want to have something like that in the very beginning of you your got to, see to them, pump you up. You got to see them live too. So yeah, then you get to understand. I mean, I've always been a fan of them, but then After I saw them live, live it, and it was they, like, I get it. That is that moment too. Cause I had never seen them live too. And I was already a fan. After I saw them live the second time with you, when you were, 
Yeah. What the fuck? Dude, my beard grew like two inches after seeing I, them. Yeah. I, <laughs> I couldn't even grow facial hair at all before. And now all of a sudden, like there's his hairs popping out of my face like a like a 14-year-old Spanish kid. Like it was either going to be Twilight of the Thunder God or Crack the Sky. Crack the Sky is good. Mine, honestly, if I ever pick the Modern Mars song, it's either Death and Fire mm. or The Fate of the Norns, which is the opening track to, uh, I believe, the same album title. But Death and Fire, so good. Yeah. Dude, dude, they, dude they're just one of those bands, dude. They get overlooked all the fucking time. They're like, but they're like the motorhead of death metal. Like, they're just consistent. They produce the same shit mm-hmm. every time. It's just they have a theme to it and they don't fucking stray they're, from it. Um, their documentary is really good. Very very good. Very, very, very good. good. And all their live performances, man, even mm-hmm. on recording, are so fucking great. Dude, it's actually funny. If those of you listening to this show now like Amon Amarth, if you type in Amon Amarth, Camden, New Jersey, when did we see them? 2018? I thought 2019. 2019. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you type in Amon Amarth, Camden, New Jersey, 2019, you can see me walking through the crowd. I'm really pissed because I got a video of when they were doing the Viking ships. I had just got there to the lawn when oh, they started doing that. Shit. And I was going to go over there. That fucking made it like all over the world. I know. And I was standing 10 feet from it, dude. I literally just got there because we missed <laughs> we missed Cannibal Corpse. I showed up yep. super late. Um, no, that's a fuck up thing. It wasn't even super late. They put them on first and the show started at four on a Wednesday. But that's we knew what time it started. Yeah, but I, I, I honest to God, thought the Cannibal Corpse would play after Amon Amarth, which would have sucked because if I missed any one of those bands and I missed Cannibal Corpse, it both sucked. Yep. I've seen Cannibal Corpse before though, so like that was cool. And Amon Amarth, I saw one time prior, but I don't even really remember it. Yeah, and also they had just come out with that new album that I was trying to get into, so I was like hoping to hear some shit. Yeah, great show though, Berserker. <laughs> Good album. So my second one, and you're not probably knowing of this so we'll talk about it briefly because i'm going to show you this afterwards okay because i forgot to bring this up when we were talking hip-hop a while back but the name of the song is called first day out it's by t grizzly okay um you'll understand why i picked this song because me and you were on the same basis with like that upbeat song yeah so the intro starts off like real slow and then it, once it picks up to him rapping dude it's got such a fucking good beat to it the lyrics are like you can hear every single word and like once, like I've listened to it so many times, I get the lyrics in my head, especially when I'm driving through Newark and shit. Yeah. I'll be blasting that shit like by the bus stops because by the time my first track's done, that's coming on right before I get on a fucking turnpike. <laughs> and I got dudes at the bus like, yo, motherfucker, yeah, T Grizzly. Like, but dude, this song, I'm going to show it to you afterwards, man. It's You'll absolutely understand why it's on here. Nice. Um, My number three is a uh, friend of the podcast, Paul Bartolome, released a song called Time Bomb. With um, Kellen Quinn of Sleeping With Sirens. It just has like one of those. It's just like that. It's like an upbeat song that you can sing along to. And if you have someone in your car that like isn't into, you know, Amon Amarth or Van Halen or, you know, any of that shit. This is going to be the song that'll be like, okay, so you're diverse in your music opinions. I like that. I like this drive. This wasn't a bad idea. Yes. By the way, where are we going? Exactly. <laughs> Just nowhere. Where You're, we're going, we don't need good we, music. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, my number three has got to be my buddy Paul. So based on this being a five song for me, I found the middle ground. Now, this is where introspection starts. Okay. This is where you pick the song where the you know you're in the upbeat already. Now you need that song where you got to sit there for a moment, just like what is life, man? 
<laughs> you know, you're on this long road trip, sun's starting to creep down a little bit on you, probably heading to the beach or something. So I picked the title track, Lateralis by Tool. Oh, okay. Because it's got such a healthy blend of like the slow build up intro, the heavy fucking verse riff, the chorus riff, the quick build up bridge before Danny carries like solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that slow, like ethereal sense at the end, all into the build up, like spy, roll out, keep. But, um, so Lateralis, I always find like that song's on like almost every random playlist I make because anytime <laughs> it comes on, it's like the perfect moment of when I'm just like, yeah, man, fuck her. <laughs> like, you know what? I can do better. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, my number four is Omerta. Um, oh, okay, so that- <laughs> yeah, okay. Because the way that I the way that I usually roll out my playlists, well, there's usually no real order because I just shuffle everything. But there is points to where like I'll just start skipping shit. Like, yes. Until like I find what I want to listen to. That's and nine times out of ten. If I find Omerita, you stop. I stop and I yeah. listen to it. As soon, se- whoever peels, as exactly. soon as you hear his voice, the, the dude, second yeah, that yeah, yeah, comes yeah, yeah, on, yeah. I'm like, okay, now I'm I'm listening to this now, and that's usually towards like the end of my drive for some reason, because like you know, I've already listened to all the bullshit that I did, and now like I want to fucking groove. Like so I, I, I want to just fuck shit up in, in my work van. That was the first song I ever heard by uh, Lamb of God, and I'm telling you right now, man. It's it's a song you could show basically anybody if you're trying to get them into it. I caught my wife tapping her fucking fingers to it the other day. Absolutely. I was like, oh, I thought you didn't like Lamb of God. Shut up. Great song. Great. Fucking insane song. So now the way I see this is the last two songs, what I typically like to do is I need another pickup song mm-hmm. after the introspection. So because this is recent in my discovering of this band, this song has also been making it on every fucking playlist I make for shower, for bed, whatever, because it's heavy, but it's like catchy thrash and it's Crossbreaker by Power Trip. Because Power Trip, man, I'm I'm like really fucking upset. Like I didn't get into this band when I had a chance to. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how they toured even before Riley Gale's death, but if there was ever an opportunity, if I knew what I knew now, I'd be at any fucking show that was even semi-local. Yep. Um, and I saw, it's cool, like I saw Power Trip do some things with the guys from Obituary. Okay. Uh, they did Executioner, Swing of the Axe. Um, but the song Crossbreaker, I had just recently watched a live video um, where they play like four or five songs. And I, it was the first time I heard Crossbreaker was in this live session. And it was like one of their like known songs. Hmm. So ever since I heard it, dude, every playlist, it's fucking catchy. It's thrashy. It's like aggressive, but it's not blast beats and fucking, you know, the yeah. whole song. But it keeps you start to get a little tired on the road. <laughs> now, see, it's funny, too, because the end of my playlist here, my number five song is I'm the Man. Oh, Anthrax. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like one of those, like, like you're feeling goofy. Mm-hmm. Like, you're getting towards, like, the end of your shit. Like, you already listened to the brutal stuff. You've already fucking, you know, sung. And now you're just fucking goofy. Yes. And we're and we take no shit. And it's just like, okay, I can I can fuck with this. Anthrax, I'm telling you, man, just, we all, I, I anywhere I see with Anthrax being compared in that whole big four scene, they get so much fucking heat of being like the worst. Exodus should have been there. Testament should have been there. Now, I agree, like Exodus, Testament, all those bands should have just as much credibility as any of the other ones. But dude, Anthrax is fucking good, man. Like everyone hates on Joey Belladonna compared to 
you know, any any of those musicians in the top four, I would take Joey Belladonna probably over three out of four. Yeah. Well, I mean, Joey Belladonna is the fucking only one that's actually a legitimate singer. Yes. Like but he has like that good range singer. where he can do a thrash. You know that he does like a Journey tribute band, yeah, right? Yeah. I think we I told you that before. This, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I didn't know that. But was like he's a legitimately good singer. He is very good. I just think the problem and why people fucking hate on Anthrax is because they never reach like the critical success of the yeah. other bands of the big four. Yeah. And not for nothing, I think I'd take Anthrax over Megadeth. I think so too overall. You know? Overall. Like from start to finish. Even I, even if you put on sound of white noise. The only thing is, and it sucks is I'm not gonna be able to see Megadeth as a prime art like act. And especially everything that just happened recently. Yeah. But you know, Megadeth is touring again. They have the reannounced that show, which sucks that Hatebreed replaced in flames. That sucks. Because um, I would love to have seen In Flames. Um, but I would love this. I've never seen Megadeth. And I think that's going to be a pushing point for me because I also know fucking Dave's live vocals from what I've seen are always like hit or miss, dude. He wasn't bad when I saw them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping when I see them live, because I've seen Anthrax live four times and they've always just been on a bill for another band I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping when I see, you know, Megadeth, if I get that opportunity, like something changes because... Like, Megadeth is that good, but I hate that they're always, like, way surpassing Anthrax in terms of, like, great thrash. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't know. Well, I, I, what I think the deal is with Anthrax and Megadeth is the fact that Megadeth always has, like, ridiculous guitar players. Oh, well, the, the instrumentals like re- in comparison ridiculous. are, like, nowhere compared. Like, Scott Ian could never... Yeah, but what never. Scott Ian has that Dave Mustaine will never have is that fucking brutal right hand. Yeah. Scott Ian... His fucking guitar tone is just crushing. Yes. Like, it is It is like the epitome of brutal. Yeah. Honestly, I think Scott Ian has a better guitar tone than anybody in the big four. Not guitar abilities, guitar tone. Okay. Like, you listen, like, spreading the disease and shit. I think maybe the only... Among the Living, though. Is, oh yeah, Among yeah, the Living's yeah, good, yeah, too. Yeah, it's so good. But the only... I think, honest to God, in my opinion, the only guitar tone that's better than that is Injustice for All. True. That fucking super overdriven Mesa fucking tone. Season yeah. of the Abyss is pretty dope, too. Yeah, but I don't know, dude. They're like. I think Kerry King is what murders a lot of the abilities because Jeff yeah. Hanneman's abilities are just so overshadowed. And even now with Gary Holt yeah. or Ben with Gary Holt. Yeah. And Gary Holt's probably the best guitar player out of any one of those and any of those guys. Obviously, besides like Marty Friedman or Chris Broderick from Megadeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I was gonna say. Okay. I was gonna say because Marty, <laughs> yeah, Marty Friedman's like another, a whole on a whole yeah, other fucking yeah, Megadeth level. Megadeth had some fucking talent there, dude. <laughs> um. So yeah, my last song, and this is like the sun's going down. The drive is almost over. I picked "The Killing Moon" by Echo and the Bunnymen. Okay. Um. Many of you will know this as the original intro to the first version before they re-release it somehow with a different song of Donnie Darko. It's the intro. Yeah. Um, you know, when he's like waking up all strange and shit. But The Killing Moon, Echo and the Bunny Man, I try to find like an alternative track because, you know, I mix it up with you know, White Zombie, fucking T. Grizzly, Tool. Um, and then I wanted to put The Killing Moon on here because I've listened to this song so many times and same thing with Omerta. Like, I'm going through my playlist. Like I said, there's like 200 some songs on there. So sometimes I'm just always skipping, skipping, skipping because I just got to feel a song. But I keep all these songs on there because I never know when it's going to hit me. But The Killing Moon always comes on at the right time. Like I'm going to hit my mile marker 16. 
yeah. two more miles until I exit. Two. You know what I mean? And it comes yep. and it's just like a chill fucking end of my ride, dude. Every time. The solo in the song, the flow of the song, it's just like feels... Every every song I have like has a feel to it that like has to fit a mood. So like if I was picking a direct order, yeah, that's my last song. Nice. So what are we gonna do? Are we gonna take the like? Are we gonna go like my one, your one, Literally my back two, and your forth. two? Okay. The way so, we drafted it. So let's write it down here. We're gonna do first one's gonna be Romeo Delight. What was your number one again? Black Sunshine. Huh, that's funny. Then Twilight of the Thunder God. Then uh, what was yours? First Day Out, T. Grizzly. Then Time Bomb. Lateralis Tool. Omerita. Crossbreaker, Power Trip. Then I'm the man. And then Killing Moon. You know, it is kind of funny, though, for how different our playlists were. Like, they're kind of. Yeah, it has like the same Same flow. Exact same flow. Yep. That is really funny. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's what's interesting. I would love to see because like I did this actually in one of my classes for school. What I did was like stereotypes. Yeah, I had every I talked about the stereotypes and the understanding of music and how it evolved. And it was funny because at the end of the day, you know, like there was like, you know, there's black dudes, there's white dudes, there's like, you know, Latina chicks there like in this class that I was in. So what I asked everybody to do was was write three songs on a piece of paper blindly hand them to me. I was going to read off all three songs. Everybody had to guess who was the one who chose those songs. <laughs> so like one dude, like it was funny because like, you know, like one guy picked like Green Day and um you know, all time low and like newfound glory or something were three songs. Yeah. So everyone picked this like white kid sitting in the corner. Wasn't him. It was like some black dude with dreads that was over on the other side. And he was like dead ass and listened to it. And I thought it was interesting because like we do have these stereotypes. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like playlists. I think every person, if they're into music, even remotely have a sense in how they create a playlist. Yeah. And like we just proved that right there. We didn't pick a single same song. No. But we had the same exact idea. We didn't pick the same artist. Not even. Yeah, it's crazy. But we literally had the same plan and what we were trying to establish yeah. in five songs. That's so funny. That's cool. Very cool. Well, what do you think? Do you not agree with our playlist? I mean, then again, the music's up to interpretation. It's whatever you want it to be. But I right. think Plato I, over there with your philosophical. You <laughs> 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 like a fucking corn cob pipe and a monocle when you said that. I would listen to this playlist. <laughs> we need like Mike Rochburns in here. um yeah i mean so what do you think give us your top tens what what would be on a playlist for your drive or even if you don't feel so inclined to do 10 do five what's your walking playlist yeah what's your just you know what i gotta do grocery shopping today i'm going to wawa or your respective or even if you're selling crack on the block (laughs) we can be honest here we're a safe space (laughs) the truth tree yeah the truth tree Get at us on our social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter at RATM Podcast, Facebook.com slash RATM Podcast, and our email at RATM Podcast at gmail.com. But that concludes this topic. Let's get into our suggestions for this week. 
Would you like to start us off here, Stephen? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier in the show, I was going to recommend a female-led band. I recently just like rediscovered them, and I've been really getting back into their stuff. The band is L7. Um, the album recommending is their 92 release, Bricks Are Heavy. The song that I'm recommending is Shit List. Okay. It's funny. I, I never thought about L7. Like, it's not... I mean, yeah. It's not a band that I think of. Well, it's funny because, like, again, pages that I follow on Instagram will post a live show of a certain band, and yeah. that song came on. I'm like, wow, dude, I forgot how fucking good this was. <laughs> and I was literally just talking to a girl about, like, Fiona Apple yeah. and, um, you know, like, just, like, female-led acts. And, you know, then we were talking about, like, the 90s movement, and I was like, that's so weird because that's literally what that was, was a female-led act part of, like, that grunge alternative movement. Yeah. That's funny. Great stuff. I think you're going to dig my suggestion for this week. Okay. Um, Spice Girls? Yeah, actually. The 1990 album, Cause of Death, from Obituary, song Chopped in Half. Chopped in Half. (laughs) Feel the blood spill from the Chopped in Half. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. Now that you brought that up, um, you got to check out the cross of... With the singer from Obituary and Power Trip. Yeah. It's fucking I, great. It's funny that you mentioned he, the Obituary. Yeah, earlier. he literally does not change his vocal style. So it literally sounds like the dude from Obituary singing for... <laughs> it's just cool. like Because it That's works. Funny. It fucking works. <laughs> great pick, though. So... That's another episode of Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast sure for the books. What do you guys think? Do you like season four so far? Is it any different? I mean, we're just limiting you from our movie choices. You don't need to hear about this anymore. I mean, I think that saves like a good couple minutes and a, lot of, and a lot of aggravation for a movie that might suck. And hopefully soon we'll be on camera. I'll have to start. One wearing day we'll get this figured out. Yep. I'll have to start wearing pants. Yeah. Same here. Yep. Well, the only, the only problem with that is that this is actually my house and you're just showing up. Yeah. And it's weird. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> but until then. This is another episode of Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast for the books. Once again, you can find us on our social media accounts, facebook.com slash RATM podcast, Instagram and Twitter at RATM podcast, or our email. You can write to us, write us a nice little letter. Tell us, you know, how we're a reputable source for music insight and opinion or how we're not. Or, you know, you have any suggestions for, you know, potential video cameras or offerings to get us on youtube maybe some uh helpful hands if you will retm podcast any press is good press <laughs> retm podcast at gmail.com but until then this is another episode of regions of mainstream podcast for the books as always i'm bill i'm steve have a good night guys thanks for listening